Sooners Sports Station, 1043 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station 104.3. The fan, thanks for tuning in. Breaking down this huge, massive upset win for CU over TCU yesterday, and we're going to get back into the game, certainly. We have tons that we haven't even talked about yet, and I can't wait to dive into everything. But I guess we got to take care of a little business, huh? It's like one of those things that you have to do. You don't want to do, but you have to do. No, it's, no, 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 no. Let's approach it with the same optimism that we're coming out of this weekend with. Let's, let's, come on now. Come on. Come with All right, me. All right, I'm with you. Come with me. I'm with you. I'm All with right. you. I'm with right. you. It's a good thing that I'm with you. Buffs football is trumping Broncos football, <laughs> at least for 24 hours. <laughs> for 24 hours. That's amazing. Hours. That, when's the last time that happened? For 24 hours, buddy, they are the biggest story in sports right now, the Colorado Buffaloes. It's amazing. Hey, I'm not being sarcastic. The biggest story in the sporting world. All, this morning, all over ESPN, all over all the national sites and, you know, all the sports talks, it's buffs. Do you believe? Welcome yes. to my happy place. Yeah. If it, it feels like the Twilight Zone still, but we'll get back to them in a minute. The Broncos set their 53-man roster this week. As one week from today, we will be sitting here doing a Nebraska React and a Broncos pregame. How are we going to do that? Like the last, last year, all, we didn't even have to worry about the buffs. Last year it was like, did yeah. CU play yesterday? Was, yeah, yeah, they yeah, played yeah, yesterday. They dropped one. How much did they lose by? Oh, at least 40, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, moving on. We're fixing to find out. This year, this year, we're going to have to balance doing a CU React and a Bronco pregame. So make sure you're bringing your lunch pail and your hard hat every day on Sunday mornings because we got a lot of business to attend to. Albert Okawebanam. Ah. Uh. Adios, muchacho. They traded him to the Philadelphia Eagles. We thought after the third and final preseason game, how much more could someone possibly do to make their way onto a 53-man roster? Apparently, you know, he didn't do enough. Well, He's no longer a Bronco. No, he was. No, he yeah. isn't. But the, the, it sounds like uh, the truth of the matter is that he was probably on his way out before the game even started. Mm. And, uh, and, and they probably upped his stock a little bit with the game and made a move on him. So... You know, there's those little chess moves that happen in the NFL and even in the preseason. Um, so, hey, good on the Broncos. Everybody got what they wanted out of the deal. Were there any surprises about that 53-man roster to you that stuck out, that, that stood out, rather? Yeah, they, they only kept four receivers. Yeah. How about that? Three, three active, healthy that's, receivers. That's, that's uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jordan Humphrey didn't make the 53. He's on the practice squad. They can call him up, which I imagine they're going to do. But they only kept three active receivers and four tight ends. Yeah, and in contrast that to the 49ers, who kept six. So, you know, it, it, that's a little bit unconventional in terms of the number, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we thought this room was so deep. Turns out they didn't like none of them. <laughs> so, that room is Well, half of them are hurt, you yeah, know, man. Yeah. And, and so that's it was tough, man. That's what I expected there. Every Sean Payton draft pick made the 53, by the way. I'll be. Mm-hmm. J.L. Skinner included. When I saw that, I have yeah. to tell you something. When I saw that, he should. There's a zero. There is zero reason why J. L. Skinner should be on the fifty-three. That's all Sean Payton's ego. 
That was absolutely ridiculous that J.L. Skinner made the 53. I'm sorry. I, I, I really don't care. I really don't care what anyone thinks. Okay. That was arrogant of Sean Payton. There were other players that were far more deserving. You think if you cut J.L. Skinner, somebody was going to come grab him? No. No one was going to grab him. That was just, that was foolish. That was foolish and arrogant, like I said. Um, I like a lot of what Sean Payton's done. I like a lot of it, right? Uh, the fact that he then, you know, released Brett Maher, which kudos, you know, we don't have to deal with that anymore. Thank goodness. And, and it's not like Brett didn't kick well, you know, after after the San Francisco game, but... Hey, come on. I didn't understand that saga at all. I, the fact that they even signed him was a little embarrassing, I thought. And then they traded for Will Lutz, which, again, he had a horrible year last year. Horrible year. He was 23 of 31, and he was like 4 of 9 between 40 and 49 yards. Not a good season. But they're familiar. No, but Sean Payton's going to either live or die with his guys. That's what he's going to do. Right or wrong, that's how it's going to play out. This is Saints West. That's how he's going to run it. And compared to how things have been run, he has every right to do that here. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, hammering him for that. But I will say, I just look, man. What's the goal this year? I think the goal is making the playoffs. Okay. Well, and that's a steep climb. They are in a significantly better spot than they were last year, significantly, and it is because of Sean Payton. So while I think that there is some arrogance involved, it's just like Coach Prime. There's some things that you're going to have to turn the cheek the other way and some flaws that you're going to have to look the other way on, right? It's the same. They're both the parcels. Prime is is so similar to a lot of what Sean Payton does in so many ways. It really is. But there's but some swag in. factor. Yeah. And there's, you know what I mean? There's the cool factor that, that we can, it's easier to look past. Sean Payton doesn't have that. He doesn't, but he does come in as a proven winner. So right? we should just as easily be able to look the other way. Well, Shouldn't we? As long as he wins. Look, it, it cures all. It cures all. If, if he comes out and they play well in the first two weeks, you're not going to question any of these roster moves, right? We'll have a conversation about it, but you'll say, it's Sean Payton. He has the benefit of the doubt. He came in here. This is why they traded a first-round draft pick for him. That's why they're paying him almost $20 million a year. All these things will be validated if they win. Just win, baby. I feel really good compared to how I felt heading into the regular season last year because we've had a chance to see them work things out and prepare to play football. That being said, they suffered a lot of injuries in training camp again, some significant ones. No one's going to lie about that. Russell Wilson looks better. He still has tons to prove, tons, so much to prove. And I think what we learned in this preseason is the Broncos are going to have to win by hook or by crook. It's going to be Russ being a gamer. These are going to be close games into the fourth quarter. I bet you a lot of these come down to who has the ball last. But at the end of the day, I do feel a lot better because it is Sean Payton. And what we've seen out of his offense, quite frankly, the limited flashes we've seen have been super encouraging. So while there's some arrogance there, there's also, okay, no, no, no. This dude is a hell of a coach. He's a brilliant offensive strategist, and I really can't wait to see what he does on Sundays with this offense. I really can't. Yeah, there were some... Uh, you're going to look at it one day and say, <clears throat> Sean Payton built this the way he wanted to build it. And he built it, again, like you said, St. West, but he's, he layered it, right? 
he 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 built the run he he built the passing game off the running game, right? And he started to lean into the strengths of his players. And obviously he kept guys around that he liked, but he kept guys around that fit the build. Mm. And so I think week four we'll look up and say, okay, this makes sense now. Hundred percent. I hope I'm hoping that's the case. If I'm projecting positivity into this. Right. Situation. That that would be the hope. Look, <clears throat> the Broncos were a horrible football team last season, and they have been a really bad team for the last seven years. You don't have much runway here, unfortunately. You've got to start fast. They have to. They don't have a choice. If you want to be a good team this year, you got to get out to a fast start. And the Raiders coming into town next week are going to have Josh Jacobs. Oh. That's a coin flip game. I'm sorry. It is. If you're thinking that that's an easy Broncos win, take off the orange and blue glasses, right? And maybe people would have said that a lot about the Buffs. But that was a tough win yesterday. That was a hard-fought win. The Broncos are going to have to win in a very similar fashion. And my biggest concern for Denver, it's, it's very similar to the concern we have for Travis Hunter. How sustainable is this, right? How sustainable is this over the course of a season? How sustainable is it for us to be a gamer at 35 years old for a full NFL season, Kyle? We're fixing to find out. You're getting ready to find out. There you go. But the things that beat you in games, like the games that the Broncos were in last year, two things. The penalties, right? The self-inflicted things. Discipline. And the special teams. And I think that... The special teams is still a question mark. The penalties, you're going to see that get fixed. Yeah, yeah, and they they have gotten better, right, in the preseason. I'm excited for this Broncos season, but I'll tell you this right now. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they don't have much runway. You can't have a mediocre start and expect me to feel good about where you're at because we all know the decision that has to take place next offseason with Russell Wilson. We all know. We all know. If the, if the Broncos feel that Russ isn't their guy and they keep him, they're stuck with that cap hit for another additional year. Right. We all know that decision. It's big money, too. Big money. It's huge money. It is team-hampering money. It is so much of a dead cap hit that it's going to be a major obstacle to roster construct around, which is why you'll probably have to build from scratch. But let's hope we don't have to get there. But my only point is, this is different than the runway Prime has, right? Prime Prime is coming off of a ridiculous stretch of horrible football. Sean Payton's coming off of a recent stretch of bad football. But the difference is, we don't have time to wait in the pros. Because in college, you got four years to incubate some of these guys, right? To develop them, to let them grow in your system. And that's not what we have here. Well, follow the money. You know, Prime is getting what was his deal? Thirty close to thirty million dollars over five years. Not enough. Yeah, Russell getting that when he rolls out of bed. Just saying, you don't have that runway for Denver, and we'll break this game down throughout the course of the week. Certainly, Raider game. We're all excited for the Broncos to get underway, and hopefully, that they can take some steps to, you know, be relevant again, and be respectable. What what's the goal? Is it relevance or is it respect? No, it's relevance. Yeah, I, because I think respect comes with relevance. You can't just you you can't be a five. Look, the Denver Broncos, and a lot of people won't believe this. They are one of the crown jewels of the NFL. You can't just be 
relevant. You, 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 have to, you have to be that team that they've been over the last 25 years. Good luck. Good luck. Hey, good, good, good luck, man. Said it'd be, it's a steep climb. It is a very steep climb. It's a very steep climb. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know how much more we could even say about this Broncos season upcoming. I mean, we how much? How much? How much? We all know what's on the line. How, right. How much more could we even possibly describe what the stakes are here? We all know. Look. It's all about getting out there on the field and competing. And I'm curious to see how they handle the 53-man roster for or the 45-man or whatever you can keep active on Sundays. I'm curious to see how they handle that with the receiver position. But I'll just tell you right now, heading into the Raider game, that'll be a game into the fourth quarter, and it's going to be a coin flip. If you're thinking that the Broncos are going to come out there and dominate that game, think again. Think again. The Ra- it's Josh Jacobs who has absolutely eaten the Broncos alive throughout his career. It's Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah, about, Max. about that. Max. Max. All right, look, we got all week to break that down. Let's get back to the buffs. Let's get back to something <laughs> fun. Let's get back to Let's, something fun. The celebrating. Get yeah. back to celebrating. Party. It's a party. They gave me my theme music. Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Are you kidding me right now? That was wide open from the booth. A hundred times out of a hundred. I see that action from up here. That's a touchdown. Rating out of the gun. Sanders looking wide open. Touchdown. Dylan Edwards. And Colorado marches it right down the field. That's another thing I love about college football. Gus Johnson. Johnson. Brad Nessler. It doesn't get any better than that. I love the NFL. I do. I abs- I'm as big of an NFL fan as you can get. To me, it doesn't compare. I think it's just the atmosphere and the energy and the excitement. There's something different about college. It just hits differently. And you can feel however you want to feel. But to me, good college football, man, it's tough to top that. It really, really is. It's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. So let's get into yesterday's huge upset win. For the Buffs. Let's actually break the game down like we do. We'll go through our game notes here like we do with the Broncos. Fourth biggest upset win in school history. In 2007, they beat Oklahoma. They beat them 27-24 when they were a 22-point underdog. In 2011, they beat Utah 17-14 as a 22-point underdog. In 2012, you might remember this game as the Jordan Webb game. They beat Wazoo 35-34 as a 21-point underdog. That was to end the year. That was Embry's Embry's last stand. Do you remember that game? (laughs) And then, then of course, yesterday, 45-42 over TCU as a a 20-and-a-half-point underdog. They are the first Power 5 school. Okay, how about this one? The first Power 5 school to win their season season opener as a 20-plus-point underdog since 1997. Since 1997, they are the first Power 5 school to win a season opener as a 20-point or more underdog. What did Coach Prime say? It seems like everything we do is a record. Everything we do is something for the books. We coming is now we're here because they arrived. 
They're officially on the map. We talked about hiring Deion Sanders to get Colorado back on the map. And in many ways, Kyle, they already were, right, because they're national headlines throughout the entire summer. CU has been on ESPN.com's homepage more since hiring Prime than they have over the last 25 years combined, okay? And now you see what they did on the field. They have been college football's it girl, and I was worried that if they lost that game, they wouldn't be that way, and, and the hype would would start to subside. The the hype was backed up. Now the hype, they, they just got a whole bunch of gasoline poured on that fire. It's a little scary to think about what this could grow into, right? Because we're talking college game day. It's exciting. We're talking, it, yes, it, it, it is. And, and look, you're right. If you've been around the last decade and a half, you would be a little bit nervous about drawing this much attention to yourself. And you, you might be like, uh, I, I, I don't know. Please don't bring the cameras around. But guess what? They're coming. <laughs> the cameras are coming. Game day's coming. You think you name it. It's all going to be here. And when they when they boat race Nebraska next weekend, because boat that's race. going to happen. And he gets to talking about Matt Rule mm. and the receipts oh. that he kept on that. Right? Sign me up. It's good. Look, Sign I unfortunately me. I hate to say this and it's gonna sound really mean. It's going to be a little bit of a dud when they have to play Colorado State, right? Because, because that game's going to be over at halftime. It, it's it's going to be tough. And I yeah. watched Colorado State, Washington State last night, and and I love Jay Norvell, and and, and it, it you know I've wa- I followed his career, um, and that team is just it was tough to watch last night. So for them to have to play them, uh, you, it's going to be a quiet week, right? He's going to have to manufacture something, but they're going. I can't wait to watch CU Nebraska. As good as CU was yesterday offensively, they got some help. TCU played some really undisciplined football. Ten penalties for 78 yards against TCU. Only six for CU, by the way. How about that? For a completely new team with 80-plus whatever new players, the fact that you were able to be a disciplined football team. Yeah. You were crisp with your execution. They win the toss. They defer. They stop TCU three and out to start the game. Wow. 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 Then you're going, okay. At home. Right, right. You're you're on the road. You're going, all right, if you can just come out and put some points on the board here, you are officially in this ball game. You just held them three and out. That was your biggest concern was TCU was just going to run the ball right down the field and gash you. Well, you stop them three and out. You get them off the field. Then CU marches down. And on their first drive, I mean, they look rock solid. Rock solid. I expected the offense to be clicking with Sean Lewis, the new offensive coordinator, and their hyper-tempo offense. You've got to get the first first down, right? But more importantly, you need a quarterback who can handle that. You've got to have a dude who has it upstairs and has the physical skills to be able to pull off what Shadur Sanders pulled off yesterday. They've had that conversation all spring, too. And and Deion Sanders has said, well, you need a quarterback that can spin it. How many times have you heard him say that? Shador in the offense with Sean Lewis to start week one was better than I anticipated, and I thought it would be crisp. It makes me really excited about the potential of what this could be. I asked Shador after the game about was he satisfied with the tempo that they played at, and he said, no, there's another level that we can get to. And that next level will be developed over the next two weeks once Alton McCaskill returns to the lineup and makes his CU debut 
transfer out of Houston. He was a freshman, had 19 total touchdowns on the ground. The kid runs like Adrian Peterson. I'm not being hyperbolic. I wish I were. I'm not. Okay? That's his running style. You go pull up the highlight tape and tell me what you see out of this kid. I cannot wait to see him and his dynamic added to this offense with true freshman running back Dylan Edwards. Are you kidding me with Dylan Edwards yesterday? Four touchdowns in his college debut? And he was a huge part of it because one of the things that Colorado will have to do this season to overcome not having an elite offensive line is utilizing the quick game. And if you want to be a tempo, hyper-tempo football team, you have to be able to rush the ball effectively, don't you, Kyle? You you do. Um, because you're going to find yourself in situations, third and shorts and, and those kind of things, where you, you're going to have to just say, we're going to run it, you know we're going to run it, and we're going to convert this no matter what. So uh, you're going to want to see that part of the game continue to develop. I've got a quick question for you. Are we doing Dylan Edwards a disservice by calling him a running back? He's all everything. Mm-hmm. Well, he had five catches for 150 or three yards and three <laughs> touchdowns through the air. And he, and he, re, he can return kicks. Yeah. No, he's the real deal. Yeah, he's he's, he's everything. He's, he's everything. And, and for a true freshman at his size, and that's the thing. A lot of people don't see the strength. A lot of people see him and they see the speedy little back and think that you can just blow him off the ball. Not the case. He can shed tackles. In fact, in practice a week ago, he took Bishop Thomas, who's a freshman transfer from Florida State at D-line. By the way, Bishop, the same Bishop Thomas who was used as a fullback yesterday on Savion Wilkerson's touchdown. That was amazing. What a block that was. But he took him by the front of his jersey and threw him aside at 5'7", 170 pounds. He did that to Bishop Thomas. I'm going, what? What what are we dealing with here with Dylan Edwards? <laughs> like how you're not supposed to be able to do that at that size. And it's more than the execution. It's the execution situationally that surprised me. How many big third down conversions and fourth down conversions did we see from CU's offense? In fact, on that first drive, here's one thing. Colorado doesn't have a scholarship tight end that played in the game yesterday. No problem. Let me say that again. Colorado did not have a scholarship tight end play in the game yesterday. You know why? Because they have one on the team in Caleb Foria, son of Christian Foria, former NFL player, former buff. He's been dealing with injuries his entire career, so they've got a fresh... uh, uh, I don't think he's a freshman. They've got a walk-on, Mikey Harrison, who's a converted receiver, who they're using as their starting tight end. How about on the third and 12, where Sean Lewis called the empty tight end of the flat, and Mikey's one-on-one with that defender. It has to make a miss to pick up the first down. That was a hell of a play by a walk-on on your opening drive of the year. Talk about an anonymous donor. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, that's, wow. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, because that's a hell of a play, man. That was like third and 10 plus, and Mikey converted that. It was, you know, it's just the play calling. It's, it, it's moving the defense side to side and having the quarterback who can read the field and manipulate them, right? He can diagnose what you're showing him and then he could say, okay, based upon what I'm seeing and what the play call is, I know X, Y, and Z is going to be available. And the way Shador was making his way through the progressions yesterday, that was yeah. graduate-level yeah. stuff. And to do it right out the gate. You know, sometimes those things take a little time to click, and I didn't anticipate that. Uh, uh, you know, they were they were dynamic. They were crisp. They took advantage of, of matchups. And, and I don't think they were overly complicated. Sometimes it's just a check down into the flat and let the backs do what they do. Oh, that's what it was. It, it, yeah. it was pretty. It was pretty. The, the it was just it was amazing. <laughs> Sean Lewis. Sean Lewis. You know, you saw him at Kent State construct a really fun offense to watch. 
but you've never seen them with these type of toys. You've never seen it. The next drive, right, the next drive, Colorado goes up. They get the touchdown there with Dylan Edwards. Welcome to the world, Dylan. Welcome to the world. They go up 7 nothing. Then here comes TCU on the next series, right? All right, great. You've got the early lead. You've got your confidence. This is a football game now. TCU drives all the way down the field. Excellent drive. Phenomenal drive. Up until the point where Chandler Morris doesn't see Trevor Woods starting safety. And one of the very few returning starters for this bus team who came across, read his eyes, jumped the route, and picked them in the end zone. That was a hell of a play. You want to talk about a defense yesterday, and Colorado's defense, <laughs> they got gashed, okay? The RPO game that TCU was using, they couldn't make heads or tails of it. They didn't. But there were some incredible individual efforts defensively that changed the course of that game. Trevor Woods coming up with that pick to save what was a sure touchdown drive, enormous, enormous, enormous. But the problem was Colorado didn't capitalize off of their turnovers yesterday because they came down the next drive, fantastic drive, but then they had the field goal blocked. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that interception, though, because you you talked about TCU having the self-inflicted pain, Mm -hmm. right? And turnovers in the red zone was a huge storyline from yesterday. They're bigger. They're faster. They're stronger. I mean, it's still TCU. But for them to turn it over for the first time, that was the first one. I'm sure you'll get to the second one. Them to turn it over in the red zone, those are backbreakers, man. And a huge play by Trevor Woods. Really, really sure. huge play. And you're right. You come down and, and not getting points off of it, man. That's uh, Keep going. So then the Buffs, they get the ball back, right? They miss the field goal with Jay Feely. And then instantly, here comes TCU. That TCU one was blocked. That one was blocked. By the way, you know why it was blocked? Mikey Harrison, that same walk-on converted receiver tight end, sitting out there on the edge of your field goal unit. The second one was almost blocked, too. I can't believe you didn't get a holding call on the second one. The second one absolutely should have been a hold, and it should have been blocked as well. Mikey Harrison can't be on field goal unit next week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against Mike. But, you know, he's done a great job as a walk-on with for Tim Brewster. But, my goodness, that was, that was almost a disaster again. Because the second field goal that Feely made, Kyle, was at the end of the first half, right? Colorado, cha- you know, they trade touchdowns. It's 7-7. Seven to seven. It gets to 14-7. to seven. They hold TCU, you know, to a punt. Then CU has to punt because they go three and out. And then, finally, Colorado's up 14-7 to seven at this stage. You're talking about midway through the second quarter. TCU drives down. And another huge stop, Colorado holds them to a missed field goal. Huge stop. Yeah. Huge stop. And it's still 14-7. to seven. All right, great. So you didn't convert off of the Trevor Woods interception. You didn't convert off the missed field goal because two plays later, Dylan Edwards fumbles. And you give it right back to TCU on the doorstep. TCU punches it in. Now you got a tie game, 14-14, where you probably should have been up 21-7 at this stage because Travis Hunter has already dropped a surefire touchdown in the first half. Yeah, well, there's that. And I guarantee they're down there in Fort Worth saying, well, if we had converted this and converted that. But that's just football, man. It's the coulda, shoulda, wouldas all the time, especially in close games like this. So, you know, it was blow for blow. And, you know, you take advantage of your opponent's mistakes um, and then you hope that they can't kill you on yours. And that Dylan Edwards fumble was 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 tough, right? It was a backbreaker. That was, that was kind of the freshman fumble. You're like, ah, oh, man, here go the shining, the bright lights, right? Mm-hmm. And you're up 14 to seven. If you go down and score, you go up two touchdowns. But instead, you give it right back to them with room to actually do something with it. They score a touchdown. They tie it up at 14-14. And the reason I bring this up 
is because these are the type of moments and these are the type of missed opportunities. The Dylan Edwards fumble, not capitalizing off of the Trevor Woods interception because of the missed field goal, the Travis Hunter drop. Those are the types of errors that I didn't believe CU had enough of a margin to overcome. Well, and, and they, they still don't. I, I don't believe. They found a way. But then you say that they make those kind of errors, but then they come out and manage a two-minute situation or a late half situation. I guess not two minutes not in college well. football. They didn't do that well. They didn't handle that well. Well, they found themselves in a position to kick a 49-yard they goal did. and, they and did. score points going in. Why did Prime not take the timeout to prevent the 10-second runoff? You know what I'm talking about there? At the end of the first half, they went down. There was a penalty. They had two timeouts left. They're on their own side of the 50, and he didn't take the timeout. Anyway, I don't want to get bogged down there, but right, that was an odd right. moment. That was an odd moment. I'm going to ask him about that. Bottom line, they got, to, they got three points out of it. They got three points out of it. They go into the half, getting the ball back, right, up 17 to 14. And guess what? That field goal ends up being the difference. The fact that they were able to convert, that ends up being the difference, which was big, Kyle, because if you had converted the Travis Hunter touchdown, if you didn't miss the first field goal, if Dylan Edwards doesn't fumble, we could be talking about an even bigger CU win, but they were able to stand in there in the face of adversity and continue responding. Yeah. And that was mostly because of Shadur. As good as they were, their, their newness did rear its head at some times. In a real way. In a real way. And then the second half starts, okay? What was it, the third play of the second half, Dylan Edwards' 75-yard house call? I mean, come on. Second down and 10. Sanders, here's a little screen, and they find Edwards. He breaks it back with running room on the ball. Edwards, down the sideline. Dylan Edwards, touchdown, Colorado. Huge play. Unbelievable. Made about three to four guys miss and was gonzo. I want to uh, I want to earmark that play because at the end of this college football season, I want to see how many kids are capable of making that kind of play to shift back, get behind your blockers, and outrun kids. Flat out outrun them. Just leave them yeah. in the dust. So then CU takes the 24-14 lead. Oh, we're feeling good. We're feeling good. And I turn over to who I was sitting next to in the press box. I said, this is it. We're in for a shootout. We're in for a shootout now. Now you're into the second half. Now both teams, the nerves are settled. Now we're just playing football here. You got a tight ball game. This is what happens at Big 12 football. We're in We're in for a mind. battle yep. here in the second half. TCU comes back instantly and responds with a touchdown of their own. Three plays, 65 yards. This is when they started to reel off those big chunk plays, right? Big chunks on the ground. They had a 34-yard run here. Then they had a couple of completions. And this was the Jared Wiley, their tight end. Six foot seven. He's going to play on Sundays. That catch he made, this touchdown grab, where he was right over Trevor Woods, that was a hell of a grab. Trevor Woods didn't stand a chance. Didn't stand a chance. 24-21, Colorado would lead at that point. And then the Buffs get held on a nine-play drive because of a couple of penalties, right? 31 yards, they only make it on nine plays. They got to pump back to TCU. Then you're going, uh-oh. Uh-oh, Kyle. It's 24-21, Buffs on top by three, but you're punting back to TCU. You can't get the offense going. They're at home. It's hot. These are the situations where Colorado would crumble in the past. These are the moments when CU would absolutely let go of the rope and this thing would slip. When you And then you'd be talking about after the game about your missed opportunities, right? And, and all of these situations where, ah, we could have done this better, we could have done that better. But no. No, man. You know? TCU then responds by taking the ball all the way down the field. And now you're going, okay, you're only up three. They're about to punch it in and go up 27-23, to or 27-24, rather. 
Yeah, and the, Travis, freight, the freight train's on its way. The freight train's on its way. And then Travis Hunter makes one of the most incredible individual defensive plays that I've seen at the college level in a long time, where he, in zone coverage, recognizes the play TCU's running, not because he saw it on film from TCU or from Arkansas, where Kendall Bryles was the offensive coordinator last year. No, because he saw it from CU's own playbook. So he instantly bailed on his assignment because he knew what was coming, where you've got two receivers right, you run two slants, you bring them across the field, and you vacate that side of the field. You sneak out the running back for the little swing pass. It was the same exact play that Dylan Edwards scored on the very first touchdown. He read it, he jumped it, he picked it. And Colorado was back in business, and you're going, holy cow. You had the Trevor Woods interception that stopped a sure touchdown drive, and now Travis Hunter's interception starts stops a true touchdown drive. Yeah, you talk about two interceptions in the red zone. Ben, don't turn over a team that was in the national championship last year. And that's, that only makes it 24-21. Goodness. You're in the third quarter. You still have tons of football left to play here. By, and you can tell by how many points came after that. Man, were you, were you you were nervous at that point? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I thought I thought the TC was going to march down, punch it in, well, and, then, and that's all she wrote. Especially because the physicality was starting to take place. You talk about the six seven tight end catching a pass. Trey Sanders had to go in there at that point, and he, a, a big back right. He's mm-hmm. two two twenty five, close to, and, and you say, okay, they're a little light up front. Defense has been porous. This is when you start handing it to him, and he just starts beating on him. And, that, mm-hmm. and and there was some of that, by the way. Travis Hunter makes the pick. Colorado leads 24-21. What happened next? We'll dive into it on the other side. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Thank you, Ty. Watching the sun bake. You know who this is? All of those tubes covered with oil. Jimmy Buffett. Attaboy. Attaboy. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Jimmy. That was really sad for me. And look, I mean, not because I had, like, some sort of special connection. Although, I do have a funny Jimmy Buffett story. Probably for off-air. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the king of vacation music. Impossible to listen to this music without experiencing good vibes. What is... Does, does this music do anything for you? Um, so you know I went to UNLV, so uh, there was a Margaritaville on the Strip. I'm pretty sure it's on the Strip. Um, but that's it. I hung out in there a little bit. This puts me on the beach. Okay. Like, it is impossible for me to be in a bad mood listening to this. I just think about not a care in the world. And maybe there's a lesson in there from Jimmy for all of us. That... Yeah, you got a lot of stressful situations going on in your life. And look, making it through just Monday through Sunday, it's not easy. But don't sweat the small stuff, man. Oh, man. Life's, life's a blast. Life's a blast. Sit back and chill. Yeah. All right, thanks, Ty. Margaritaville, does he have any other songs? I'm, this is the only one. I, I, does he have any other yeah. songs? Yes, he does. Okay. <laughs> you should have ju- you, you should have quit when you were ahead. No, I'm, you just, sh- no, no, I'm just saying, no, like, do no. I go back now? You should have quit when you were ahead. Reference the Jimmy Buffett Cheeseburger catalog. in Paradise. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Okay, I've heard of that one. 
Cheeseburger in Paradise you've never heard? All right, I don't want to do this. Don't do this with me right now. we got to get into the bus. <laughs> All right, so where we left off, it was 24-21. Travis Hunter just made an incredible interception after TCU drove all the way down the field. Colorado didn't capitalize off of Trevor Woods' interception. They didn't capitalize off of TCU's missed field goal. In fact, they turned it right back over in the first half. Then they didn't capitalize off of Travis Hunter's pick, Kyle. They went three and out, and they gave it right back to TCU. Yeah, but they took points off the board. Yeah, they did. I, 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 they did, buddy. Those are still dubs to me. Okay, they may still be dubs, but if you don't capitalize on anything, field goals and moral victories don't get you wins in the Big 12. While you're right, while you're right, you're still not any closer to winning the game because you had to punt right back after the three and out. TCU goes all the way down the field. How about this? <laughs> Seven plays, 63 yards. And they score again. First lead of the game, they take with 2.32 to play in the third quarter. Now you're going, oh boy. All right, well, it was a good run. You know, it was a good run. They played tough. They played tough. You hung in there till just about the end of the third quarter. Now TCU's starting to gash you on the ground. I get it. Like, I get it. This is, this is a good first step in your first year for prime. I would have been happy. No matter how this ends. Like, they could lose by two scores and you still feel good about it. It's still a win. Right, it's still a win. Well, Shador wasn't satisfied. He comes back and was just outstanding. They finally hit their first big deep ball of the game. Xavier Weaver up the sideline for 44 yards. What I tell you about X? X can play. Xavier Weaver can play. And Shador Sanders put that ball on the money. Back shoulder, go route. Man, that's the type of stuff that's going to have NFL scouts salivating, isn't it? Over which player? Over both of them, really. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know, listen. The way he distributed distributed the ball yesterday, and the fact that he had four receivers, three and a half. If you know, I don't know, what are we calling Dylan now? Where's the X factor? The, the the all everything. The Swiss Army knife. He had four receivers over hundred yards. They can all go. And guess what? Antonio didn't really get any burn. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> We're gonna get to Javon. <laughs> 31-28, Colorado takes the lead after the Dylan Edwards pitch sweep toss touchdown. Great play call. Really beautiful play design. Speed and space. Speed and space. That's this whole offense. Dude, that is the, you just said it. That is literally their offensive identity. Getting the ball out quick to playmakers with the time and the ability to do something with it. That's something we've been begging for from CU's offense for ages. And we finally have that with Sean Lewis. Well, speed. Was well, that too. You need that too. Yeah. All right, 31-28, right? End of the third quarter at this stage. TCU then responds in just an, just a really impressive way. This is where, again, I said, okay, TCU's got this, right? TCU, what, what an effort by Colorado to even compete in this game. TCU goes 14 plays, 79 yards, including some major, major conversions. On that drive, they converted four third downs and one fourth down. All third and five or less, four of them. You know what that does to a defense? That breaks their will. Was that the one where they, uh, they had the roughing the passer? Yep. Okay. Yep, which so was horrible, by the way. They, they, with a little help from my friends. Oh, a little help from their friends the entire day. The entire day. If we had more time this morning, I'd get into the officials. We're not going to end up having that time, but I'm just telling you. The, the, they fought the Big 12 whistle, the Big 12 home whistle yesterday. They did. They did. 
And when you have to overcome that type of adversity, sometimes that's the stuff that can really break you at the end of the day. If the other team's starting to gash you on the ground and you have to overcome the refs, that's tough. Yeah, there's a... Again, we can't get into it. Okay, That was tough. That was tough. So they go down and score. TCU makes it 35-31. to 31. Into the fourth quarter. Again. Into the fourth quarter now. Next drive, Colorado. You're convincing yourself it's okay still. Right. You're convincing yourself it's okay. That's right. That's right. Although in the back of your mind, you're like, man, if they lose this one, they let them off the hook. This is one they should have had. But can we really be, you know, so... Right, can we really bring our hands this much over all of that, right, can we? Because it's Prime's first game. Do we really want to hold them to the standard of, ah, you blew an opportunity to beat TCU? Yeah. Did you notice that at this point, right, Prime is kind of having trouble on the sidelines? He had to sit down for a second. Did he? I didn't see any of that. Yeah, he had to go. He had his chair out for a second. He had to go see the training staff for a second. Um, Buddy, he was in rough shape afterwards. He he, he was struggling. Yeah, he was really, really struggling. So it's 35-31 TCU. All right, well, here we go. We we got the shootout, but they just ran a 14-play, 79-yard drive, but it only took off four minutes. That's the tempo in college football. In the NFL, that would have taken off, what, seven to nine minutes minimum? Yeah. Not in college football. Shador gets the ball back, and this is where Travis Hunter in the slot for 43 yards on a third and 16 beats his man one-on-one. He's getting interfered with and comes down with the ball. Incredible catch. That was incredible catch. Trust. That's that's the name of that play. Just It's Travis, man. Give him a shot. Throw it up. Yeah. I'm betting my guys beating your guy 10 out of 10 times. Right, that's what it is, Kyle. You just said it. It's trust. It's trust. It's it's the two-man game. It's the Jokic Murray, yeah, right with Shadur and with Shadur and Travis. So then Jimmy Horn gets loose, a busted coverage into the end zone, twenty six yards for a touchdown. There were some throws on that drive and the one that they had coming up that were, man, you're going to be hard pressed to find guys on Sundays who can make those throws. Really, poise, really. And, and I'm going to find them when I go back and watch the film and post them on my Twitter at Real Matt Smith because there's some that I don't think people are talking about right now that need to be discussed. Yeah, it was a bust of coverage for Horn, but yeah. he had to get out of the pocket. Yeah, and that wasn't that throw, but it was leading up to there. Some unbelievable conversions where he's throwing over two levels of the defense and timing. He's throwing guys open. I, I look over to one of our Denver media cohorts, and I said, well, the best quarterback in Colorado doesn't play for the Broncos. Because yeah. that's a throw Russell Wilson cannot make. Promise. I promise you that. Yikes. So then TCU gets the ball back. CU leads 38-35. TCU, two plays and eight yards they score because after you retake the lead, right, after you finally retake the lead, the short kickoffs come back to bite you. Something is going on with Jace Feely's leg because it did not look as strong as it did in camp yesterday. Wasn't kicking at altitude. Maybe that's part of it, but you still got to have a little bit more mustard on your fastball, buddy. He was kicking those way, way too short. He was giving TCU an opportunity to break a big one all day long, and they finally did take it all the way down, tackled, you know, short of the touchdown, but they end up punching it in. And then you're thinking, oh, my God, man. Like, this is, this is at this point, it's seven minutes left. We're just in it. We're 36, 36 seconds later. 36 seconds later. We're in it. We're in it. This is why we love college football. The back and forth, high speed, you know, high powered offenses, you know, high scoring games. This is a classic shootout. So TCU takes the 42 to 28 lead. And then Shadur with, to me, what was probably his most brilliant drive. 
there was a pass interference that really helped on Travis Hunter on the following drive. But what Shador was able to do as far as dink and dunk his way to midfield, which is where he had to get to, was really impressive. But they're down, they're down, you know, by four at that stage, 42-38. You can't just get yourself into field goal range at the end of the fourth quarter here. No, you need seven. It's game time. You need seven. Another swing pass. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another swing pass to Dylan Edwards, who just kept finding room up the sideline. He was just tiptoeing and never stopped. 46 yards, house call, buffs take the 45-42 lead. And I'm telling you in the press box, it took just about everything all of us had not to be a little homer. Okay? Uh, it did because it was, when have we seen CU do this? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and for those that don't know, you, you're not supposed to cheer in the press box. Oh, it's very frowned yeah. upon. It's very frowned upon. Very frowned upon. Um, I've learned that lesson once or twice. Yeah. Dave Platty taught me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. 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 No cheering in the press box. Yeah, no cheering in the press Dave box. Dave used to get on the on the loudspeaker and be like, hey, no cheering in the press box. Yeah. And then he'd single you out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, my, yeah. my point was, is that it was at this stage, this is when you started to get speechless, right? Because who would have expected CU to be in a shootout all the way down to the wire? I thought it would be a game entering the fourth quarter. I just thought at a certain point that they would break in week one. But they never broke. And that was because of Shador, who didn't blink. He was as <clears throat> it was as poised of a performance from a college quarterback as I've ever seen. You left a key point out of that. It was fourth and two. Fourth and two, dude. Fourth and two. Thank you for bringing that it up. It was fourth and two. It was fourth and two. It was fourth and two, and Dylan Edwards went for 46 yards. Like, it was a great play call again. So if you if you get a chance on Twitter, there's a guy named Dan Casey. Okay. He, he loves to break plays down like this. This was actually a mesh with the running back, mm. which basically means you, you've got a, a, a pick play working, and, Dylan, and, the, and the running back works off the pick. And uh, they executed. They, they isolated and executed, and it was – to perfection. And touchdown. You get to your big play guy, speed and space, he's on the edge, and before you know it, man, what they say, the Heisman is at the house chilling. So now you're up three. You cannot let TCU get into field goal range. Can't let them get into field goal range because they have a preseason Lou Groza Award nominee, which is for the best kicker in the country. Yeah. Right, but he missed one already. But there's still three minutes and 50 seconds left, and they had two timeouts. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Colorado stopped them. They got their stop. They didn't get a stop all second half until then. They needed one, right? They needed that one, and they got it, and they won, man. It was the reaction afterwards was based – the presser was basically a giant I told you so from Coach Prime, and to be honest, they deserve it. We told you we coming. We told you we coming. You thought we were choking. And guess what? We keep receipts. What's up, boss? You believe now? Of all the you, you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh no, do you believe in that? Huh? Who said I didn't believe oh, before? No, no, no. I ran through that bull junk you wrote. Now. I, I ran through that. I sifted what, through what all that. What did I write? Yeah. What did I write? Oh no. Come Can on. I ask my question? Do you believe in what? You don't believe. I do believe. You just answered me. You don't believe. <laughs> Next question. I wish we had two more hours to dive into this. We don't. We got to get out of here. Do you believe? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Do you believe? I'm a believer. I, I was a believer before TCU, but not like that. But now I believe that they can win a bowl. They, they can make a bowl game this year. The four to five win expectation, I was trying to set expectations low. Because I felt like saying that they would win six games or more 
It's just that's biting off a lot, right? That's biting off maybe more than you can chew. But now I think that is a distinct possibility. Everybody's on notice. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And let me tell you something. They're going to hammer Nebraska, and I've already been feeding it to Cornhusker fans on the text line all show. Feeding them. Just shoving them in a locker and feeding them their lunch. You guys think that CU is going to handle Nebraska? You're crazy. Buddy, if you don't think that's going to happen, fine. Just wait until Saturday. Can't wait to see it, Folsom. When he comes out behind Ralphie, okay? Are you going to go? Are you going? What time? No, I can't. Uh, yeah, we play next Saturday. Damn. Damn. That's unfortunate. But I'll be there. I, but I think I'm going to try to watch it with our kids, which would be you should a lot do that. of fun. You should do that. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, when he comes out, Ty, you're going, aren't you? What do you mean, is he going? He got the prime shot on now. Yeah. You're trying. You're trying. Yeah. Do you have yeah. your tickets yet? Uh, I, I don't have tickets yet. Working on it. Yeah. Working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on uh, going to the tailgate. Okay, good. Well, I'm just telling you, there are tickets still available to Nebraska. Go get them. They're expensive. But you're going to have a memory that lasts a lifetime. The atmosphere that we're going to experience when they come out of the tunnel behind Ralphie for the very first time, it's going to be unmatched. Rocking. It's going to, it will legitimately be unmatched as far as anything you've ever experienced at Folsom Field. (laughs) I know the Rashawn Salam, the 2,000 yards, we've all seen the highlight. That's not going to compare. It's not. This time it's got soul, baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, this time time it's got got soul. soul. Man, I can't. This still feels like the Twilight Zone to me, but it brings me back to something, and this is how we'll end the show today with something that Dion said to Joel Klatt months ago on the Joel Klatt podcast. This is a program that was 111, mm-hmm. lost those 11 games by 29 points by average. 29? Yeah. Um, the next closest in the Power Five, by the way, was Northwestern. Yeah. Fourteen points. Right. I mean, doubled them up. Right. And so when I saw what was happening, I thought to myself, "Good. Right. All right. This is what needs to happen. Right. This is what the rules allow in your first year as a coach. You've got to turn you over the, the roster. That's you absolutely the, right. You mean the first? I was the genesis coming in, but okay. Now there's, now the there's exodus. exodus. Here <laughs> there we you go. go. There right. you go. I evaluate teams. <laughs> yeah. I know what Colorado was. <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't think. Here's the thing. I don't think a lot of people do. Yes, they do. They, they well, they see they the do. record, right? No, like they, they, they see do. one and eleven. But there's other teams that no, have no, one. They, win. they, they do. don't know what this they, was. They man. do. They just want to take a shot at me, and I'm good with that. They do. They know what it was. But this is their opportunity to take a shot. They better shoot now, because in a moment you're not going to be able to shoot. Hope you got your shots in. Hope you got your shots in, because you're not shooting anymore. You can come at them, but you sound silly. This was a lot of fun, buddy. Always is. Can't wait to do it again next week as we preview Broncos, Raiders, and break down CU and Nebraska. Thanks for rocking with us this morning on Denver Sports Station 104.3. The fan Dan Jacobs is off today, and it is Labor Day tomorrow, so we hope you all have a wonderful and happy holiday weekend. Kyle Reese will be back on tomorrow with no Sean on the drive. There you go. I'll be sitting with Dan Jacobs, who's allegedly coming back from Fort Worth as well. So you'll have to tune in because I'm going to have my hands full with Dan Jacobs tomorrow. What took him so long to get back? (laughs) And then Chad Andrus and Troy Rank will be on for Schlereth and Evans tomorrow. And then the rest of the week will be your regularly scheduled programming. For Kyle Reese, I'm Matt Smith. Thanks, Ty, so much. Have a great rest of your Sunday, y'all.